Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's a Tuesday evening. It is February 22nd of 2022. It is the Today's most a special day. Tuesday that I've ever had in my life. Like I said before, I'm not an energy person and I didn't understand anything like that before until maybe we started this podcast. There's so many energy people saying today is such a special day. Today is a manifest day. Today Today is one of these days where the universe is listening to you. Uh-huh. I have this this former student of mine on my Instagram. She's she's also friendly with us, and um, I know who we're talking about. Yes, 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 because she's been making. I don't know when this happened to her, where she's done this whole like I don't know. Maybe she was the whole time, and I just didn't know because I only knew her as a student, right? But she's done from what I see in the last like year and a bit, maybe like this whole transformation thing where she's like way into energy and she's much more spiritual yeah she's so spiritual i mean she also now organizes or helps to organize like ayahuasca retreats in in columbia and all that kind of stuff she did a lot of videos today on instagram and she was talking about this day and she was she was pretty much saying like like this is the one day or a a rare moment where the universe is just listening Mm -hmm. and and this is a day for you to be really positive and whatever you throw out is is going to come back to you and just 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 place your order and she 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 said it like it's like when you go to McDonald's and you're in the drive through you know you don't like I think I'm going to have this I think you know you're like I want a hamburger no pickles a sprite and some french fries and then I message her I'm like we have the same fucking order <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the same That's all you got from that. <laughs> That's all you Well, it's, it's interesting. That's all I got from that. Not exactly. that I didn't know that today was a definitely a day to manifest because I, I am a numbers person. I think numbers are fascinating. And, you know, I've been sort of waiting for this. But without even thinking of that, I came into the office today and Mark can verify this. I walked in and I was just bouncier and happier. And, and I, he kind of looked at me like, what's going on? Because there's nothing particularly special about what we had going on here at the office today. And I said, I'm just excited. I'm just excited today. I feel like things are good right now. And I feel like things are going to be good for us. And I'm just excited. And that was it. There's no reason. I just said, I just feel excited. And I'm I'm happy that that was the energy I was feeling today because today is a manifesting day. So I'm really happy to be doing a podcast recording today. I'm yeah. Gonna this feels like a really good yeah. vibe that's going to be going down. All right. Well, let's get right into it. Hey, guys, it's Amanda. And we have Jennifer on the phone with All us today. All the hardcore science people just tuned off. Yeah. <laughs> If you stay, if you stuck around, thanks, guys. Um, We have Jennifer, and she's somewhere, I think, outside of Ottawa. I don't know. She lives in a rural area. We tried Zoom; internet was choppy. So, uh, somewhere around Ottawa, and we are going to be it's hot spot. We're going to be having a conversation tonight. I mean, about Jennifer and about her practice, and you know, possibly about Ottawa because that's a crazy topic, and about cyclical living for women's health. That was originally the conversation we had through Instagram and And, yeah and I was like I feel like as a woman and as a woman who works in healthcare I should have more of an understanding of what this even means and I don't and that's exciting because I like it when somebody can come on and teach me something I feel like as a human I should just know forget the idea of being a woman well I can't forget it because I am a woman but yes I I agree So Jennifer, thank you for chatting. And where where exactly are you? I know I was like, oh, I don't know, somewhere around Ottawa. Where are we talking to you from? Yeah, so I'm technically still within the city of Ottawa, but I'm a little bit past Constance Bay. So that it's like along the Ottawa River. So it's about 20 minutes from Canada. So Canada is like one of our 
suburb areas in Ottawa. Yeah, yeah we know Canada. So, yeah, we do a lot of courses in Canada. Yeah. yeah. So let's start with an introduction before we jump into any topics. Why don't you let everybody know a little bit about you? I mean, obviously, I we know you're a massage question, therapist. Though? Of course. Is there, is there a suburb in Ottawa, Bar, bar something, Barhaven, Bar something? Barhaven. Is yes. It, is it Barhaven's like, huge. Is it like a, a swingers place? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I, was, I was told this. I did a course in Canada, I guess that's how you pronounce it. And someone asked me, like, where are you staying? And this is the first time I didn't stay in the hotel where we run the oh, course. Oh, it's when I got you that Airbnb. Amanda got me an Airbnb. <laughs> and when I said where I was staying, everyone's like, oh, you watch out. That's like swinger heaven. I'm like, really? They're like, did you see any garage doors that were half open? I'm like, what do you mean garage doors half open? They're like, that's the sign that that's a swinger house. I'm like, get the hell out of here. So I went, like, I left the course that day and I, I just drove around the neighborhood. There were hella a lot of half garage open. <laughs> that day I was wow. like yeah okay. I was like this is this a thing remember the time your wife booked you an Airbnb in Swingers Heaven <laughs> Swingers <Bill. laughs> yeah this is news to me I did not know that it was known as Swingers Bill to be honest and I've been born and raised in Ottawa I've lived here my whole life and that's probably the first time I've heard that just uh, play safe or don't play at all play safe <laughs> play exactly safe all. so let's get back to our guest yeah. Jennifer um, as I said we know you're a massage therapist but why don't you let people who are listening know a little bit about you how long you've been in practice, what your practice is like, and um, you know what about women's health interests you so much? And then we'll jump into learning about what cyclical living is. Yeah, so I've been a massage therapist for five years now. Uh, originally, I went to school to become a registered nurse, so I did two years of the undergrad program, and then I worked as a PSW between my second and third year. And I realized. Like more and more, I got into the program that I absolutely hated it. I definitely couldn't see myself being a nurse. I really hated going to the hospital. And as soon as I started my placement at Chio, I just started getting like extreme anxiety. And I just really just couldn't wait to get out of it. Was it the work or was it being in a hospital? I think a little bit of both because I think when you start off in school and even working as a PSW, that's not necessarily the job that you're going to do as like a registered nurse. Um, you, As a registered nurse, you're not even always doing a lot of the bedside care. I mean, it depends on the environment that you're in. But like, let's say you work in a long-term care home, you're actually mostly doing paperwork. Like you're making care plans for the residents. Um, you tend to do like more med administration. Um, but Definitely the environment was just not something that I felt comfortable in ever. Like there's just machines beeping everywhere. Um, not people in a very good mood. I mean, let's be honest, when people come see you as a massage therapist, they tend to be like really happy to come see you. Mm-hmm. No one really wants to come see you as a nurse. <laughs> like, <laughs> something's not going well for them to see you. <laughs> yeah, they'd rather be anywhere else. You tend to see people at their work. Um, you see a ton of sad situations. And I just found the way the program was structured, it was really hard. Like, I find that they moved a lot away from, like, the hands-on skills and the emphasis on that. And it was very research-based, very, like, independent, critical thinking. And you do your labs, and they maybe show you something, like, one time. And then they're like, okay, so now you know how to inject someone. 
I don't really feel comfortable with this yet. This is not giving me very much confidence for like the next time I have to go go get any kind of medical care done. Now you know how to inject someone because you saw it one time. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like you do placement and stuff like that and you're supervised for a long time, but it's not like like massage school. You're going over the same principles like over and over and over again. The time you get to the end of it, you're like, I'm so sick of like (laughs) this treatment. Like I know how to do epilogue at this point. But um, in nursing school, you're not really given as much, I guess, like, the student-to-teacher ratio is pretty small. So in your lab, you might have two teachers, but you have between 20 to 30 students. So that can be really challenging because I just don't find there's that, um, like, if you need a little bit more time, they don't necessarily give that to you. Hmm. So... I ended up getting into placement, just not really feeling confident in my skills and then being in an environment that I found super stressful. And it just made me really, really anxious. And I never really wanted to do hospital work. I wanted to get more into public health and talking to nurses when you tell them that you don't want to do bedside care. I just feel, and I'm just generalizing. I know not every nurse feels like this, obviously. But they're like, why wouldn't you want to do bedside care? And you're almost like looked down upon, or at least the nurses that I knew. Um, And I heard it was really hard to get jobs in public health. You really had to work in the hospital for two years before you wanted to to do other kinds of work. And I just couldn't even see myself getting through placement. So I made the difficult decision in third year. Uh, You have probably about six to eight weeks um, once you start the program to get your money back for, for the year. So it, it was a hard decision, but honestly, I'm really happy that I made it. Uh, as soon as I started massage school, I loved it. I'm, you know, five years in and, and I love what I do. I, I never find myself dreading to go to work like I did as a PSW. So yeah, I really love it. And what type of practice do you have now as a massage therapist? So last year, I started my own practice. Um, I started off doing a little bit of mobile and then I eventually met a pelvic floor physiotherapist that works in arm prior, which is about 40, 50 minutes from downtown Ottawa. So it's like 20 minutes where I live, whereas I was working at a clinic before that was about a 40 minute drive from my house. And I ended up getting this like amazing deal with her where she just lets me rent the room off of her per day. I didn't have to give her a long-term commitment. I, I tell her when, how many times I want to work a week, when I want to go in. And um, her being a pelvic floor physiotherapist, obviously she's working with a lot of women. She's working with a lot of pre and postnatal. And I was really drawn to that. Um, I guess I started getting really interested in the topic probably about last April. Um, my husband and I were starting to get ready to try for children. And in my practice that I was in before in Westboro, I found that I was working with a lot of um, younger families and just seeing some of the struggles that women go through. Um, they make it sound like in school that, you know, you just get pregnant right away and you have no problems. And I started meeting all these women that were having fertility issues or miscarriages. And I think that kind of gave me a little bit of, um, I guess, more, uh, I guess, like alertness to know that, you know, sometimes when you are trying for children, like it doesn't just work right away. Sometimes you have issues. Mm -hmm. So I started um, really, really 
focusing in on my hormones. I actually worked with a hormonal nutritionist for about six months, just working on um, my nutrition and lifestyle. And that's when I was introduced to cyclical living. Let's start at the most basic for for all the I won't call them dum-dums. I was about to do that because I was describing <laughs> myself as a dum-dum, but you're not dumb if you don't know what this is. <laughs> but for all the people yeah, like sure. <laughs> me who aren't really sure what this means, and I think I have, like I've, I've likely heard the term before. Somebody may have even explained it to me before. I've never heard the term. But I don't, I don't know what this means. So in the easiest way to understand possible, Jennifer, what is cyclical living? So I guess it would be, if I were to describe very simply, adapting your lifestyle to match what you're going through hormonally with your menstrual cycle. Got it. Men have a 24-hour clock. They work on their circadian rhythm. So they go to bed at night. They wake up with all the testosterone they need for the next day. And um, it's just, it's a bit more of a, I don't want to say like simplistic, but it's just a different system. Men are more simplistic? <laughs> Gee. Oh, I don't want to say that necessarily. <laughs> you, can, you can say I it. mean... <laughs> You remember learning in massage school all the conditions and pathology, and it's like more common in women, more common in women, and like everything more common in women in terms of dysfunction. I know. I like literally say to Mark all the time, I'm like, man, we get the shit end of the stick a lot. Yeah. So, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that like women, we're on a 28 to 30 day on average cycle. So our hormones are going to shift in every phase of our cycle. So we have like our follicular phase, ovulation, luteal phase, and then the menstrual phase. Right. And throughout the, those four phases, our estrogen is going to go in different levels. Our progesterone will peak in different levels. And then our cortisol will also adapt in terms of those hormones. So that, um, so that's called your infradian cycle. So women, you have your circadian and infradian, whereas men only have their circadian rhythm. And the more you start to learn about uh, how your hormonal system works, the more you really realize that the world is actually set up more for men's hormonal cycles. Um, you see this a lot in like the typical eight to five job. So men have the most amount of testosterone in the morning. They can just wake up right away and do their thing. Oh, my God. Can I just interrupt you right here? Like, let me let me take you through a typical morning at our house. Okay. None of this might be true. <laughs> it's all true. <laughs> we I reserve we, the right to uh you can interject. you can interject anytime I'm not being truthful. Okay. Okay. Anytime. So we wake up in the morning. And now because of certain health issues that I'm dealing with, whatever, I typically wake up not feeling super rested anyway. But even prior to having any kind of problems, I've always been the person that like needs a little bit of time. Like I can't just like wake up like a pop tart and start doing things like that doesn't exist for me. I get up, I have to like go to the bathroom, I wash my face, I like brush my teeth. I have to like do things slowly. Are you implying I don't do any of those things? You do all of those things. <laughs> not there yet. <laughs> Mark can literally, like I'm not saying he wakes up and he feels like ready to go and ready to take on the day, but he has this ability that like I try to explain to him. It's not even that like 
oh, I just don't want to. I don't think physically I can do what he does where like he'll wake up. Let's say he, even he wakes up at six o'clock in the morning because, you know, he something woke him up and he's just up. Like we're not really early risers. I'd say 730 is more our speed, but he can be woken up at six o'clock in the morning by one of our kids and he gets up and he's like, well, I'm up anyway. And he busts out his laptop and he starts responding to emails. He starts updating the website. He's making social media posts. And I'm like, I, like I haven't even finished opening my eyes yet and I it blows my mind how he can go from being completely asleep to getting not just like waking up on his own either to getting woken up like that's the other thing if somebody wakes me up and like I didn't wake up by myself it's going to take me even more time to get to that like point where I feel like I can be functional somebody can wake him up from a deep sleep and he's like well I'm up let me just start doing stuff I'm like what what like yeah is it's not fair so yeah is this what you're saying like men in the morning have like super high testosterone so they can just function because I look at him like you're some kind of weird robot and I don't get it yeah for sure I mean if the hormonal system is functioning properly then yeah then you should have a lot of energy in the morning because you just slept you made all of our movies for the next day and you're good to go um women that is not the case (laughs) ours are going to shift all of the time um, and I think that honestly, that's where cyclical living has helped me so much because sometimes you don't understand, like, why did I have so much energy last week? And then this week, I don't have a lot of energy. Yeah. And it'll even change a lot in the terms of like how social we feel. So women tend to feel a lot more social in their follicular, follicular and ovulatory phase. Whereas as soon as you start to get into your luteal and menstrual phase, you tend to like have this desire to just you know, lean into yourself a little bit more and maybe you're not feeling as social. And I think that not understanding that sometimes it doesn't leave a lot of room for self-compassion because you think, oh, something's wrong with me. Why am I like this sometimes and not the other times? But it actually makes total sense biologically and what's happening with our hormones. Yeah, those those parts I understand. Like I definitely know there's certain times of the month very <laughs> Mark's looking at me like, yep, I know those times. <laughs> but there's definitely <laughs> certain times of the month um, that yeah, I just I just want to go home. Like I just want to go home. I want to be in comfortable clothes. I want to do everything comfortable. It's comfort food, comfort clothes, comfort television. Like I don't want to deal with people. Those are the times where like I'll turn off my phone at 9 p.m. Like, sorry, I'm unreachable. I don't have the mental capacity to deal with humans right now. Um, but what are you doing? And this is a part in your cycle when you're not able to conceive. Yeah, is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, so exactly. It's like evolutionary, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, your whole Oh, point, for sure. I'm with you guys. Primates, paradigms, yeah. I'm all over it. Regardless on if you want to have children or not, your body is always kind of priming you up for that. So there's a reason why you're more social in your ovulatory phase. Like evolution-wise, that was kind of pushing you to go out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So you have a higher chance of conceiving. And then in your luteal phase, it makes sense that, you know, you don't want to be as social and you want to revert in because women too tend to actually get super reflective around their period. It's actually a time where you might have not really, like maybe you have something that you've been trying to make a decision on. And then sometimes if you actually just take the time to give to yourself and have some alone time then sometimes those decisions can be like a lot more clear for you. Mm -hmm. These are all things that I need to like start thinking about and like mapping out a calendar. But teach me, teach me, Jennifer, like when you said 
once you started like living this way, like what are, what, what are these changes? Yeah. What are you way? doing that is helping you to work with your hormonal cycles to actually make things better for you? Um, easier? I don't know, however you want to describe it. Yeah, for sure. So a big thing that I started doing is reducing my hours um, when I was menstruating. So I map everything out. I mean, I'm really lucky in the fact that I'm always like 20 day cycles. So I know when it's coming. I know not, not a lot of women have that. Like they can have these regular cycles or can kind of be all over the place. But I actually stopped taking, like I would usually do five clients a day. I reduce my hours. I'm not doing as many. Um, I mean, I'm really lucky that I don't work Saturday, Sunday, and I would always get my cycle starting on a Thursday. Um, so it was a little bit easier. I would just reduce my Friday um, and I would just take the weekend for myself. So that's not the weekend I would plan to do a date night or hang out with my friends. I would plan to relax and take care of myself, um, do something that that's more for me. And then once you start getting into your follicular phase, so it's right after menstruation, you tend to have a lot more energy. Um, it's actually an amazing time to start planning things. So I would try and like map out my month ahead. I would look um, at some things that I reflected on during menstruation that I wanted to put into action and I would start planning that out. Um, once I got close to ovulation, that's the time that I would maybe schedule some time to hang out with friends. I would maybe plan a date with my husband. I would have a lot more energy. So I would plan to do a lot more at that time. Once I start to get into luteal phase, I know my energy is going to start dipping. So I might not plan as many things to do for myself that week. I might start scheduling in a little bit more rest and then the cycle is going to repeat itself again. Um, exercise too is like a huge thing to uh, adapt according to your cycle because if you don't have as much energy during menstruation or late luteal, it's not a great time to start doing like a lot of hit exercises or really intense workouts. I would save that for follicular and around ovulatory. And I would do more mobility around late luteal and menstrual phase. So all of this makes perfect sense. And I know there's going to be people listening who are like, okay, well, that's great that you can adapt your schedule to your hormonal cycle. What kind of suggestions would you give somebody who's like, I just can't like, let's say the person who works a job that they work nine to five, they don't have control over how they work or they're what they do. The yeah, they're a nurse in a hospital. What kind of suggestions might you give to people who have a little less control than us lucky bastards that are massage therapists? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot of times you can have kind of this like all or nothing mentality when it comes to something. If you can't do it 100%, that's fine. But maybe, um, let's say, like, follicular and auditory, maybe start making a couple more meals, like, freeze some meals for around your late luteal and menstrual when you're not going to have as much energy. Um, maybe, like, you know, you just started your period. Maybe order out that night. Um, even just little things. If I just started my period, I'm definitely ordering out that night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm curious, now that you're mindful to to chemical changes in your body and how they affect you. How much of this do you think is, is mindset versus chemical? Like when knowing that yeah. setting yourself up that I'm going to have less energy 
at these days and these times i'm gonna have tons of energy at these days do you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's like it's like it's like yeah. how much of how much of that is mindset i'm curious as to what jennifer has to say but i do have a theory about that but right. i want to hear what she has to say first since i learned about this today oh, okay <laughs> i mean i'm sure mindset does have a huge role in it like we know how powerful placebo effects can be so i don't know maybe the hormones don't even have that much to do with it but i know for me like it's worked incredibly um, once I started learning about what's happening, um, with these chemical changes in my body, like just things felt like they clicked for me. Like, Oh, that's why I felt like that. I used to suffer a lot from PMDD, which is basically like PMS times 10. I would get super emotional. I would be in a really bad mood the week before my period. Like that week was a really hard week for me. And I think a lot of that does have to do with mindset because in our society, we're told all the time to like push yourself. And, you know, if you're taking time for yourself, sometimes you're considered selfish and you should be able to go the same way every day. And I think that just giving yourself that little bit of self-compassion to be like, oh, I don't have as much energy this week. For me, that's huge. Um, I know that that can be pretty controversial because obviously as women, we have strived to be, you know, considered equal to men and whatever a man could do, I can do. And like, of course, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want throughout your cycle. But if you're having all of these energy crashes all the time and, you know, you've burnt out a couple of times, then maybe it can be something helpful. Like even if you only implemented things during your menstrual phase, I think even that can be really helpful. I mean, we never really consider, like, you're actively bleeding. Like, <laughs> you're literally losing, oh, I you consider know, it. blood every oh, single day. Oh, <laughs> I consider it, Jennifer. Let me tell you, Marcus is giving me this look because I am not, I am not fucking quiet about it. And so I have a lot to, I have a lot to say on, okay, so let's start with Mark's initial question. How much of this is mindset versus hormones? I think that's a really good question because mindset definitely plays a huge role, but it's exactly as you said, it's this mindfulness. There are so many things that are out of our control. What is happening chemically in your body to a certain, to a large extent is out of our control. These hormonal cycles are not really within our control. They're going to happen. Being able to feel like you're taking control of it having the mindfulness to know like this is the phase I'm in right now. This is why I may be feeling X, Y, Z. And these are some strategies that I can do to work with my body. That already is going to ramp you up and make you just feel better because, okay, I'm taking control of something that I didn't really have control over before, right? Or even like you said, just the awareness that this is why I feel like fucking shit right now. And it's okay that I feel like shit because we tend to beat ourselves up. And maybe it is that whole mindset of like, I want to be able to do everything. You know, I want to be the woman who's super, super woman that, I, you know, I have a family and a career and this and that and that. That's great. But when you are burning out, like you said, then maybe it's time to actually step back and listen to your body. And even if it is small, small changes, like I like what you were saying about how you use certain um, phases in your cycle to plan. That is taking a little bit of control. That's helping with it's your mindset. That's it's a lot of control, right? You're working with your body instead of against it. So when I just said, I'm not quiet about it, I've caught myself a number of times, you know, right in the midst of, you know, a really bad a really bad period just being like this is fucking torture I'm expected to get up get the kids ready do all the shit go to work run a business treat clients podcast do all this stuff when I feel like shit 
Like this sucks. And yeah. I'll bitch and whine about it for a bit, slap myself in the face and carry on my day. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But being able to take that control, as you said, knowing that there's certain days, like I've got about two to three really shitty days a month where like I I could kill a person. Knowing that I have yeah. those days, and like you, I'm very regular. I know exactly when those days are going to be. Knowing that I have those days, well, why not make sure I don't take on extra shit those days? Those are not the days I'm going to conquer the world. Just having that much control and being able to like set my schedule in a w- such a way that I'm giving myself a little bit of room those days doesn't mean I can't do everything my husband can do. It means I'm. those are the days that I'm going to chill for a little bit do you have a hard time doing that working with working within what your body tells you it needs to do when the rest of the world is like i don't fucking care i don't fucking care well that's why i'm that's why i complain that's that's why i bitch about it because like jennifer said you there's this mentality of like self-care being selfish but if everybody were just listening a little bit more, there would probably be a lot of health problems that could be avoided. What do we constantly attribute everything to? Stress, 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 cortisol, right? So if we're not working with our hormones, then we're fucking with them. There's no in between. Yeah. And then like also throw on top of that, like, you know, maybe you're trying to lose weight and you're like, oh, I've got to do four hit workouts this week. And you're pushing yourself to do these hit workouts. And it's like, okay, well, that's also going to boost your cortisol and your late luteal phase, your cortisol is at highest. And now you're stressed with everything. You have less energy. And over top of that, you're throwing this like super intense workout at yourself. And sometimes, I mean, a lot of research shows when your cortisol gets to a certain level, you actually start gaining weight. So no matter what you're doing or eating or exercising, like if you are pushing your hormones to a point where they don't want to be, then you're not going to get the results that you want. And then you just end up even more frustrated with yourself. I mean, working in women's health, like I don't know how many times I've had a woman come to me with some sort of like, even if it's a musculoskeletal issue and be like, well, I know it's my fault because I wasn't stretching enough and I wasn't getting up from my desk enough. And it's like, we're just constantly beating ourselves up about not feeling good. Yeah. Is all, this is going to sound really stupid because I'm not a woman. Is a lot of women's health stuff at the core of it is a lot of it societal expectations <laughs> is a lot of it I'm 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 I think I'm supposed to be working within this mode that that I don't necessarily think I'm supposed to be doing but I have to because that's just my for lack of a better way of saying it I'm going to get chewed for it my role do you see what I'm saying mm-hmm. is that yeah. is that like the core of a lot of a lot of stuff there. Yeah, like it could be for sure. And then it, it ends up as like some sort of physical manifestation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like we were talking about before, so many of the conditions are more common women. And the thing that's like even more sad on top of that is that so much research is done on men or postmenopausal women. So like um, it's not really related to massage, but even like when I was learning a lot of the dietary recommendations, like intermittent fasting, for example, um, a lot of what I was reading is that that's actually terrible for women because that like our bodies are different than men's bodies and we need calories at a different level than them. And that stresses our system even more. But a lot of the preliminary research was done on men. 
Mm. So there's all this research being like, oh, it's so good for you. It's so good for you. But then when you actually like look at how they did the research studies, they didn't like even include women that were menstruating. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that in itself is a huge problem. And I mean, when did you ever really like learn about your menstrual cycle in school? Like I remember. (laughs) I definitely (laughs) did not. I can tell you how I learned about my menstrual cycle. I think I've actually brought it up on an episode before. My, My poor mom, like she's just, she's not the type of person to like sit down and have a heart to heart, you know, like we're just, we were never that, we never had that type of relationship, right? Like where we could openly discuss things. Um, I'm trying to be different with my kids where like I want them to be really comfortable talking about anything and everything with me. Um, But I remember we used to go on these trips. She was awesome for this. Like she would take um, a lot of time off during the summer. And we would go at least three times a week, we would take trips to either the public pool, or to the public library, or, um, you know, like different, we would just do different activities, like she spent a lot of time with us. And so one of our trips to the library, we came home, and she hands me this book, and I can still picture of the cover of this book, it was this blue and white book. And I was probably, I don't know, nine or 10. I don't I don't exactly remember. And she just hands me this book. And she's like, here, read this. Let me know if you have any questions. That was how I was taught about my menstrual cycle. (laughs) (laughs) Formally, high school? High school? When you have the classes, when you formally learn shit. I think... Is it high school? I, I don't think know. these days it would be much younger, but really? um, maybe Jennifer would know better. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm only laughing. I'm only laughing because we have, um, we have a colleague, his name is Brad. And Brad's also in a, an educator for, for therapists, but he also teaches high school. And so he came in one day. I don't know if you were here. I was to, here, yeah. To, to record some stuff. He's like, I fucking had to teach fucking sex ed to high school kids. It was the worst fucking thing. <laughs> well, you say yeah. penis once and everyone can't hold their shit together. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I mean, for me, like, I, I think I started learning about it in grade seven. So I went to, like, I was in the Catholic school board. And I guess I was like, we had, I don't know, maybe like one class on sex education. And I remember our gym teacher explaining menstrual cramps to us. And she was like, it's like you take a wet towel and then you rain it on both ends. And that's what it feels like. And now I'm like, that's not normal. That's a horrible description. (laughs) Yeah. Like if you're in, and that's the other thing too, that like I've learned so much about is that like all these things that we normalize in our society, like, oh, like, you know, bloat, like bloated and like rape period period, getting really terrible cramps. Like we're just seen as like, it's normal. And like, it's not really normal. I mean, it's common, but that's like a sign that there's some dysfunction going on with your hormonal system. But yeah, because we don't talk about it so much, like there's so many women that suffer once a month. And like, I, I feel like personally we're brought up like literally like hating our periods. Like it's such like a negative thing that we talk about. We're brought up hating our periods. We're brought up to be sort of ashamed, embarrassed, hide. Like it's like this horrible, horrible event that we have to deal with once a month for most of our life. It's not even that too. It's also it's also any other symptoms of anything that you have ever. If you ever go see a medical professional about it, it's always like, well, you're not dying, so suck it up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, you're 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 bloated and uh, and you have 
have no energy, well, you're not dying. So yeah, get well, out of like, my office. You know, your, your question mark about is a lot of women's health issues due to societal pressures. I don't know if it's a lot of them are due Maybe to societal pressure. It's not a dumb question, but it, it is true that, okay, so for example, I've seen a lot of this lately. Um, our society's weird because there's like still this expectation of people to work and make a living and whatever, but then there's also this expectation that we take care of ourselves and listen to our bodies. Because that's a clash. That's a clash of a, of a more widely accepted way of thinking that wasn't before. Before it was you work, you work, you work, you work, you work, you work, you kill yourself and you retire. But now it's also right. self-care, so self-care, that was self-care. The point so you're I was, in this I was cloud making, of is everything is this, both important at the same time. There's this thing that's been circulating around, and I'm sure, Jennifer, you've seen it. Maybe, Mark, you've even seen it, where it's like a reminder that the 40-hour work week was invented based on traditionally like a husband and wife and one partner works which traditionally is the husband and the wife stays home so the husband can go and work 40 hours a week because the expectation was the wife is home and taking care of the house and the kids and the cooking and the cleaning etc 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 and the husband's off working and so the whole idea is like this is so unrealistic that people now are expected to work 40 plus hours a week. Like there's people who work like up to 60 hours a week and have to take care of everything. Like it's like the expectation on people now is just enormous. Like nobody can fit in everything they have to fit in in a day. When this was invented, it was like based on this traditional family that doesn't really exist in our society anymore. There's no such thing as like, you know, this is what a family looks like. Right. So women, you know, when you're talking about societal pressure, a lot of a lot of us, most of us, I feel like we have kids and then or those of us who have children, we have children. And then the expectation is, okay, I get to be home with them for a year and then I go back to work. And that wasn't what I don't know. That's not what my mom had to do. I don't know about you, Jennifer, but that's not what my mom had to do. Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't even remember, to be honest. (laughs) My parents set it up but I mean even as a massage therapist like that's something you know that's even been a big stress for me it's like having kids and then you walk away from your business and it's hard to even think about taking a year off when you just started your practice too I didn't I took five months because I thought oh, yeah, it would be suicide yeah. otherwise like my my thought was if I leave for a year I've lost my entire business so I went back to work when my yeah. first daughter was five months old and it fucking sucked. I was not happy. I was miserable. I knew that I wasn't ready to go back to work, but I felt like this is what I have to do. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, it, it is definitely tough with um, having a practice and not wanting it to leave it pretty much. Yeah, kids, kids. <laughs> <laughs> As Jennifer's saying, she wants to have children. Oh, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that same breath, too, it's like, I I mean, it it all comes down to what you value in life, too. Like, I think that's where sometimes, like, okay, maybe, you know, you have to work a little bit less, and that means, you know, you can't afford this, you can't afford that, but at the end of the day, like, you have your health. I mean, even as a woman, like, yeah, maybe having your period definitely comes with some inconveniences, and it's not as easy as, like, a man who doesn't have to deal with that. But at the same time, it's like we do get to be moms and give birth and like make a baby in your body, which I think is really amazing. This is always Mark's reminder to me when I am being bitchy um, is that 
you know, as much as it sucks, all this shit, I mean, he acknowledges it sucks. I'm like, I'm in pain. You know, as you were saying, when there's a lot of cramps, there's just, yeah, like I have really horrible cycles. So I'm in pain. I'm uncomfortable. I just want to stay home and lay in bed. But then he'll remind me, he's like, yeah, but you get to be mom. Like you can't beat being mom. That's true. (laughs) Like you can't. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds yeah, so funny you can't beat sure. that it's true it is true like last night what is it our youngest daughter um mark asked her to do something and she said no and he goes what do you mean no don't tell me no and she goes well mom didn't say i have to do that and mom's the boss <laughs> i was like oh mom for the win <laughs> mom yeah. for the win so people, okay, for people who are listening, Jennifer, like, yes, you were saying, you know, understanding what phase you're in and what your hormones are doing so you can know like the times of the month that are good for planning or for adding a little bit extra to your plate, for being more social, for being less social. Or just even having a better understanding of how you operate. Yeah, exactly. Are there any specific tips you would give to someone who's listening to this who's like, I want to start knowing more and understanding more like how did you start this uh so i did work with a nutritionist but then also i think there's a few really good books that i would definitely recommend um so one of them being the fifth vital sign um i forget the name of the author i think it's like lisa hendrick jack um so she just it's all about the fertility awareness method. So like learning about your cycle, like when you're fertile, when you're not, um, and it'll go all over the cycle thinking. Um, and another one too, is called in the flow. And I totally forget the name of the author, which is not helpful. Um, but I don't think that there's many other books with that title. So those two books for me were, um, really good to learn. And what do you think your your biggest takeaway was from the books in terms of how you were going to like what's what's something I know I'm like asking the same question over and over again. But like, what is something that somebody could walk away with today and be like, I can do this. So, for example, would you say to somebody, you know, maybe start tracking your cycle first? Because like you said, you some people have a 28 day cycle. Some people are a little bit more, a little bit less. Like, would you say understanding your cycle is the first step? I think it comes down to record keeping. Record keeping. There we go. For sure. (laughs) For sure. Tracking your cycle would would definitely be a good place to start. Um, So there is going to be a a little bit of a difference in your cycle compared to if you're not on hormonal birth control, if you're on the pill or if you have an IUD, Um, because some of the IUDs, you still end up ovulating. Um, But some of the pills, depending on what type you're on, or I think even most of them, you don't really ovulate. Um, So what I would suggest, and I think it has this in in the flow as well, is that you actually just end up um, using like the lunar cycle as your map. Um, because when you start using your cycle, um, the easiest way to do it is just do, okay, this week it's follicular, next week it's like ovulatory, the third week it's luteal, and the fourth week it's menstrual. So just, you're always doing some sort of cycle if you're, and this helps if you're a regular as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not on hormonal birth control, then definitely you could start with um, taking your basal body temperature in the morning. Um, so that's something that they talk about in the book as well. And honestly, there's actually this newer device that came out called Tempdrop, and you wear it all night while you sleep, and then it actually like syncs to your phone. And it um, in the morning, you just 
uh, like activate it and it sends all the information to your phone and it creates this chart for you. So you, you can chart your basal body temperature every day just by wearing that. Do you think there are people that are so in tune with their body and what's happening? Like I was thinking about this when you were talking about, you know, yes. just being aware of why you feel certain ways. Do you think there are people that are just yes. naturally so in tune with their body yes. that already know yes. how to change their behaviors and their schedules and yes. without having to actually think about what what phase of my cycle I'm in? Mark says yes a hundred oh, times. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Cause like I even before I even learned all this stuff, I I did notice those differences in myself. And then after I learned it, it was like like a light bulb clicked for me. I was like, I've been dealing with this like for so long and I never knew why I felt this way. I think too, like if you journal, even if you just write like when you're starting to journal, like three words to describe how you feel that day, you probably go back and notice like a bunch of trends and how you're feeling. When I was in university, I think I was in like third or fourth year university and uh, we called some cabs because we were going out to a club one night. I just got like this uncontrollable urge to say cabs are here. I used to watch Jersey Shore. Cabs, yeah. We we called cabs and so I get in. There was probably like three cars that came. So there was a bunch of us at this house. So I get into one of the cabs and it was this like elderly white man with like white, white hair driving the cab. And he kind of like looked at me in the rear view mirror when I got in and he's like, Hey, how you doing tonight? And I'm like, I'm great. How are you? Like he was so friendly. And I was like, I'm great. How are you doing tonight? He's like, Oh, you know, bloated and bitchy. And I, <laughs> this entire time we've been talking, I've been looking for an excuse to say bloated and bitchy. <laughs> It just took me off guard. I started laughing so hard. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're bloated and bitchy. He's like, yeah, it's one of those nights. <laughs> it's funny how things can stick into your head. That was like, how many years ago? I'm I'm old now. That was so many years ago. And this old white-haired man stuck into my head, looking at me in the rearview mirror, telling me he's bloated and bitchy. We all have those days. <laughs> we all have those days. I want to ask your your thoughts on something. Um, so I have a, a close friend who's pregnant right now. She's due in mm, end of May. So we've got, we've got a couple months left and um, she's thus far in her pregnancy gained 17 pounds. So she's in her second trimester. She's gained 17 pounds. Her OB today said to her, you got to watch it. You're gaining too much weight. Yeah. I've been, doing I'm just a type of person that in order to get comfortable with something I have to research it so as soon as we decided that we were going to start trying for kids I mean a lot of the times you end up kind of organizing your life so that you can do it at a certain time so we've been working towards it for a while and I just totally immersed myself with like learning about pregnancy um, and I guess more from a holistic viewpoint as well listening to podcasts reading different books and I think birth and honestly how we look at it is it's so crazy. Like it's some of the things that is mainstream that it's like, okay, this is not normal. It's <laughs> I mean, really it's not normal. Cycle. Yeah. It's yeah. really not normal. Like she called me all upset today. Like, Oh my God, I'm gaining too much weight. And I said, you don't have sound to like too much weight. I said, you don't have to tell me, but I'm just curious since, you know, your OB seems to think that weighing you every time you go in is uber important. Cause I mean, I just saw her recently too. And I said, it'd be one thing if you were gaining so much weight that it seemed like excessive or dangerous or you weren't getting enough or not gaining enough. Yeah. Exactly. 
I said, but my midwives, for example, never weighed me. That was never part of my regular check-ins. We didn't, we didn't, what's the point? Why do they need to weigh me? Anyway, and I said, just out of curiosity, if you're comfortable sharing with me, how much weight have you gained to date from, you know, pre-pregnancy to right now? And she said 17 pounds. I almost threw my phone. I was like, oh, fuck off. Like, I cannot believe a doctor in 2022 is telling you that you need to be careful. And so she's been getting so nervous going to these weigh-ins that she doesn't want to eat breakfast in the morning before going. And I was like, well, no, that's not, that's not a good idea. Oh my God. But she's and so stressed out. How, exactly. How is this helpful? And I was like, any doctor and this is this is an OB you know your job is to work with pregnant people and women and anyway I I know this is a little off topic but I was like a doctor that doesn't understand that every woman's body is going to be different people are going to gain weight differently and you know she said well according to my BMI I'm obese I'm like according to my BMI I've been obese my entire life I was an obese nine-year-old like that's bullshit and we know that these are like old useless metrics that are should not be anywhere near a woman's health clinic like it just shouldn't this is not helpful I said all this is doing is causing you more stress which is not what you need as a pregnant person this is like killing your mental health and you just need to be listening to your body and eating when you're hungry and taking care of you and your baby and not looking at a number on a scale I just I was blown away but yes I know this is a little yeah. off topic I just needed to tell another woman this because I'm disgusted but like doesn't your blood volume also increase like, your, your blood volume that. increases so you've got yeah, the baby like in there you've got the the fluid in there you've got the extra blood volume you've got the placenta and mark has seen how big placentas are yeah that midwife she held it up and she she just <laughs> she decided i'm gonna give you an anatomy lesson today and i'm like i just want to enjoy my child right now but <laughs> yeah mark got an entire <laughs> an, an entire lecture as the midwife held up my placenta to him but yeah all Asking of this me, what are your plans all of this, this stuff like plans we're supposed to have plans for the placenta yeah they wanted to know if we wanted to plant it and grow a tree of life but i'm like i live in a condo you guys can dispose of that thanks <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think even when you're menstruating, your uterus weighs like an extra two pounds or something like that. So, I mean, the fact that you're growing a baby in there, uh, I think it's pretty normal for like there I'll to gain 17 weight. pounds off of a weekend of just right? camping. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. That's what I said to him. Like, I could gain 17 pounds with without trying. Like, what? No, this is un unbelievable stuff that I'm hearing. But yes, again, talking about um, hormones, even that plays a factor. Like, people are going to gain weight differently. And you know, um, she was talking about how some of the weigh-ins she had gained like an excessive amount, and then some were not. And I was like, yeah, weight gain isn't linear, and so many factors come into play. Like, your hormones are all over the place you're growing a human a full fucking person is growing inside of you i think you can give your body a little bit of a break for gaining 17 pounds i think you should do a webinar about this i've actually been thinking about it i've been thinking about it for a while because i just think that it's um really valuable information i mean especially for rmts it absolutely is as i'm listening to you speak i'm like Every RMT should know this. Every RMT should have an idea of this stuff. And that mm-hmm. way you can, it's just another way you can further help your patients by referring them to where they need to go and yeah. being able to, uh, you know, see certain signs and symptoms and, and create correlations and, and 
all the rest of it. And like you said, understanding that certain things we don't just have to accept as like a normal part of our life. Like, oh, I'm, I'm bleeding as you said, I'm bleeding. And now I've got to go and hustle and work and I'm in excruciating pain, but don't worry. I'll just carry my Advil with me. You just don't know. You just don't know. It's not normal. It's like every time I sit into the pelvic health course that we have here, that it's run by two pelvic floor physios. And whenever they're like, you know what? It's not normal to uh, pee when you laugh a little bit. So ladies, stop thinking it's normal. It's not fucking normal. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know. My mind was blown when I learned that you're only supposed to urinate every like two to four hours. And if you're going like more frequently, it could be um, a pelvic floor like weakness. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like, why are we not about this? <laughs> yeah. All this stuff is so valuable. I think, I think you should create a webinar. Yeah. I, really I think so too. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, I mean, it's something I've been definitely thinking about for a while. I think uh, I need to sit down my next follicular phase and plan it out. (laughs) (laughs) For anybody that is listening that might have questions or just wants, you know, some advice from you about where to start or, you know, the literature, since we couldn't exactly remember the names of the authors in the books. um, Do you have a platform like somewhere that people can get in touch with you? Do you have social media where people can follow you? Yeah, so I do have an Instagram. Um, It's a big work in progress. (laughs) I would love to just do posts every single day if I could. But um, you know, working full time in my practice and just starting it and trying to establish uh, something that I definitely have to put more time aside to um, get into. But the, my handle is jenniferquilty.rmt. Awesome. Why massage therapy? Like from nursing, why, why do you decide, hey, massage therapy is where the route I'm going to go here? So I knew that I wanted to work with people. I knew that I wanted to do something in the healthcare field. So I was just looking on the Algonquin College website, looking at all the programs, and I had it narrowed down. I was looking at massage and x-ray tech. And I was like, okay, well, I hate going to the hospital, so maybe another career at the hospital is not a great idea. And yeah, I just, I don't know, something just kind of drew me to it. I, I didn't have like any specific thing where I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. I was just like, okay, I can work with people. Like I, I never wanted to sit down all day and like work at a desk. I was like, I'll be up and about. I really like the fact that you can have um, like a, a business aspect to it as well. Um, so yeah, I gave it a shot. I didn't end up going to Algonquin College. I ended up going to the private school in Ottawa, um, International mm-hmm. Academy of Massage. Mm-hmm. But I also really liked that I only had to do like another year and a half of school after being in university for two years. I've never been the, like, I love learning, but I hate being in school. <laughs> I get it. That's fair. I'm not a fan yeah. of formal education. Like, I, 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 I like the idea of it. I just can't imagine doing any more of it than what I've done already. But I'll learn stuff all the time. It's hard when you're like trying to start your life out because it's not like you're just going to school. You're also trying to make money to support yourself. You're trying to have good grades. Like you're trying to move out. It's a lot all at once. So I think if I didn't have those extra pressures, I mean, some people even had more pressures than me. You know, they were like single moms or like had two jobs that they were juggling while doing in school. So um, if you removed all the outside aspects, I think I would have loved school, but it's just doing it all at once that I think is, is challenging. It's true. I think if I, I, I feel the same. I think if I had the option to just focus on school and not have any kind of other responsibilities, 
I think I would have gotten much more into it, but it was like just this other thing I had to do. And talking about massage I was, oh, yes, massage. I mean, even university, not as much university. I worked, but I worked like little part-time jobs, but massage school, I, I was working full time. So that was a lot more difficult. And I didn't understand cyclical living and I was not listening to my body. And I was probably doing crazy high intensity workouts at the wrong time of the month because I didn't know any better. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> Seriously, I want, I want to take your webinar. Oh, thanks. I, actually, that's amazing that like as a man that, you know, you want to learn more about it too. Because I was actually a little bit nervous. I'm like, gosh, should I give them a heads up that it's going to be about like periods or... <laughs> <laughs> Remember that Mark lives in a house with only females. He's uh, He's got to learn how to deal with estrogen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is going to be helpful as a society if men can start um, like embracing it a little bit more and just not seeing it as something that's gross. Like, if someone had like a cut or something, would you be disgusted with it? I mean, some people are not going to sled, but overall, like <laughs> it's just a natural human process. Yeah. And it probably would be, as you said, a little bit easier if women didn't feel like this was something that was so shameful and they had to hide. If it could just be as like, you know, like when you have a cold, like where you could like yeah. easily call your boss and be like, listen, it's the first day of my period. And I can't fucking function it's at full so capacity weird, today. Though, what can too, I do? Because there's so many barriers. There's so many barriers. There's like cultural barriers. There's uh, there's like workplace barriers. There's like all these fucking barriers. But you're all we're all just fucking human, and we all function the fucking same. Why are the, why are all these barriers here? I don't I fucking don't get know. it. I don't know. Maybe I think too, maybe I'm too simple. Am I am I too simple? You're not simple. Mark is a very interesting character. I know this is supposed to be about Jennifer, yeah, but so let's keep it there. It, no, uh, no, no, no. You brought this up. He's a very interesting character from the time we met there's things that okay I'll give you an example you know how when you first start dating somebody and there's certain things that like you know you would never dream of like letting them see you like without makeup on or like you know I I, I even grosser things like women who are like I've, I've never farted evil, yeah. in front of my <laughs> husband or like you know I all of yeah. these things that were like and I remember when him and I first started dating and he and he really meant this and he was like it, like you're human I expect that these things happen I expect because like, the first place we lived in was one bathroom and I remember even saying to him as we were like signing this lease I'm like oh, I'm about to live with a boy and we're gonna share a bathroom and you're gonna know all the things that happen in there <laughs> probably very similar to all the things and he was that like yeah I do, I do those things too like it's fine and it was comforting to be with somebody who was just like yeah this is normal this is natural but then there are actual men that I know men that like I, I like these men but like they actually really believe like my wife or girlfriend should never like fart in front of me I'm like oh just wait till she's pregnant there's no option <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> but also, like, there are men who really think, like, certain things should be, you know, and I, I get it. You're not just going to be disgusting and, like, walking around farting in front of your significant other or telling them every time you got to take a poop. But I feel like, you know, if things were just less awkward to talk about, like, I, it would be so much easier. Like, I don't feel awkward saying to Mark, like, listen, I got my period today and you're going to have to just do more because I'm going to do a yeah. lot less today. And it works for us. But I know there's a lot of women who couldn't just come out and say to their husbands, like, 
I am not okay today and I need you to do a little bit more today because my body's telling me to slow down. And instead, they push through it and kill themselves when it's it's really not helping. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you're partners, right? So it's like if if one person in the partnership needs a little bit extra help that day, then, you know, like... Like, I know for myself, I, I'm just straight up with my husband. Like, I know I'm not going to have energy this weekend. I need you to do the groceries and I need you to help me with cleaning. And it just makes things so much easier because when I'm not pushing myself and I'm not burning myself out, like I'm able to show up more in my relationship with him. Whereas if you don't have this help, then sometimes you end up getting like really resentful towards that other mm-hmm, person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you're you're getting pulled too much. By the way, I love it. I love it that you just flat out tell your husband, this is what I really would like you to do. I love it that you just say it like that. You're not throwing hints around. You're not trying to make someone read between the lines. You're just like, dude, this is this is what I need right now. Can, Can you make this happen for me? Just call it out. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, he's not a mind reader. So I think that, you know, sometimes he's maybe not the best at taking initiative at something but if i just tell him okay i really need you to do this we'll do it and yeah it just makes life a lot easier and the lack of taking initiative doesn't mean that you don't want to help out or you don't want to do something no i think i think it goes with everything and this is where you know i've i've had conversations with girlfriends and you know there's some of us who still like disagree on this issue so early on in my relationship it was Um, I recognize, just as you said, he's not a mind reader. And instead of fighting about stuff, I'd rather just come out and say, like, this is what I need you to do. And this is, you know, this is what I need help with, et cetera, et cetera. And then I would have people say to me, well, I mean, he should just know these things. He lives here, too. He should know when, like, this needs to be done or this needs to be done. I was like, okay, even if we can agree on maybe he should be more aware of what's happening the fact is he's not so you can fight all day with him but or you could just say do this and then in those moments when i'm not aware about things that i might should be aware i'm also being very aware of things that you might should be aware i was literally getting there he never lets me finish a point (laughs) (laughs) it's one thing he's not aware of jennifer but that that is one thing that made me recognize that is you know being that we're business partners as well, there are certain things when it comes to the business that like he just instinctually takes care of and does that I might not think of just as much as like, you know, I joke with him all the time. I'm like, where do you think the toothpaste that you use every morning comes from or the toilet paper that's always replenished in the bathroom comes from? Where do you think the groceries come from? So like as much as yeah. like I'll like the store, I know they come I from. like fuck around with him. Like, <laughs> do, you, do you have any idea all the shit that I'm doing here? It's the same way that, you know, I, I probably have very little idea of the amount of stuff that goes into play here because it's stuff that he just takes care of you know like I don't have to think about it he just does it he doesn't have to think about it I just do it so when it comes down to me needing help with things that are I'm putting in air quotes like my job isn't it just easier for me to say like dude you got to do this today Mm -hmm. like I can't do it yeah and so we do and we fight a lot less for it yeah nothing wrong with articulating your needs yes and i i know we got here because they were saying imagine if everybody could just very clear i saw an instagram influencer say this recently where she was like imagine if women could just flat out say like i i'm on my period right now and i'm not in the mood like imagine if that was socially acceptable i think you can i mean you can some people might look at you sideways i think we're getting to a point negativity about it, I feel like. Really? I just feel like 
like it's like a joke, you know, like, oh, she's PMSing, like her period's coming. Where it's like, yeah. why does that make you less than that, you know? Like, I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Um, and why women don't speak up for themselves because they think that if they can't, well, not that they can't, but if it doesn't work for them, that they're less than because. Yes, because because then it turns into everything. So like you've seen this before where it's like if a woman is, as you said, if a woman is maybe having an off day or in a mood, then it's like, oh, are you on your period? Oh, are you PMSing? Well, no, that's not the excuse for everything. I'm also human, but that it would be why people don't say anything because then it doesn't want they don't want it thrown in their face all the time. Right. That like, oh, you're you're not really at your best right now. Is it that time of month? And you're like, fuck off. Yeah, for sure. So how do we do it, Jennifer? How do we make this less taboo, less negative, and allow women to work with their bodies? I think it just comes through education. Like, I think that it should just be a little bit more standard. Like, you shouldn't always compare men and women and, like, say that they have to be exactly the same all the time and just kind of get out of the I have to do everything every day and I can't take myself away because I could like disappoint someone. I mean, I think people pleasing is like a huge thing that just like letting go of that has been so helpful. I mean, it's really hard when you start saying no, but once you start speaking up for yourself a little bit more and putting yourself first, uh, I think that it's a total game changer. And I think it would be really helpful if we change the tampon commercials to like not have blue dye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's with the blue dye? Like it's not blue. That's just not sending a good message. And also just like start like, you know, never thought of when that. girls, <laughs> when girls have their first period, like maybe we shouldn't present it as like, like I know for me and like, you know, bless my mom's heart. Like she was just trying to do her best and like, Oh, yeah, you got your period. Like, this is going to suck. You're going to get it every three, four weeks. And it's going to come with cramps. And you're going to be uncomfortable. We're going to have a party. Yeah. I, I honestly think it would be, like, such a good idea to even have, like, kids' books about, like, periods and stuff. And, like, not have it be such a, like, oh, your life's over. And, like, just maybe even celebrate it a little bit more. Yeah. Like, why don't we make our period week, like, the best week? Like, I'll book myself a massage. Like, I'll get my lash lift and tint done. Like I'll, you know, double up on my self care that week because I know the next couple of weeks I'm not going to need it because I'm going to be having all these feel good hormones circulating through me and I'm already going to feel good. Yeah. So we have to create our own feel good that week. So you want to have a party, eh? You recognize that we're actually not that far away from that. Yes, she's going to, she's going to be yeah. eight this summer. Yes, I know. And we got to prep the party, I guess. We got to prep the party. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we are party. not far that far off from a period party. We could invite Jennifer. Yeah, that'll be cool. <laughs> Would you like an invitation come. to my daughter's period party? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll bring some red balloons. Like it'll be great. <laughs> it'll be a great time. Well, I think you're right. I think the only way that people are going to be able to work a little more with their bodies is through education and understanding. And we are going to look out for when you have a webinar because Mark is going to take it. It's a really good idea. It is a good idea. You have some good ideas, sir. No. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> I don't even say. He just can't take the praise. It was your idea. I know from the last episode I just listened to, Mark does not like being complimented. No, he hates it. <laughs> it's awkward, but yeah. Thanks. Even for... when it comes from me? It's always awkward. Okay, I won't pick on you anymore. Thanks, appreciate it. You're just okay. Yeah. Average at best. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm such an asshole. Why do you put up with me? It's, it's a lot of good reasons why. <laughs> good answer. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to ask Jennifer before we let her go back to living? I do want to know. This is completely off topic. And Amanda and I looked at each other before we started and she said, don't you ask about this stuff. We're not going to talk about it. I did. And he's doing it anyway. I just want to know, because you're in Ottawa, you're just outside of Ottawa. Is Ottawa crazy right now? Is what I see on Instagram from people and then YouTube from people and then what I see on mainstream legacy media, am am I seeing stuff the way it actually is? Wow, that's a load. I know, it's so loaded. I know. <laughs> um, you know, I haven't gone anywhere near downtown. Mm-hmm. Since, I was been like three, three and a half weeks now. Um, so I think it is pretty crazy. I mean, yeah. like there's there is the hot tubs. There are people hanging out in hot tubs downtown. Right. Um, there, yeah. So I mean, it is pretty crazy. Um. In terms of what like, I have no idea because I, I didn't go. I definitely have seen a lot on Instagram and stuff. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think maybe there's like focus on the media on specific parts of it and maybe like over embellishing certain aspects that I won't get into. Right, right, right. But yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely been loud. Like, I do have some friends that live downtown and you know, there is a lot of honking and, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. and. So, like, I know my my husband was working downtown, and he can even go to work on Friday because they started blocking off a lot of the exits on the four seventeen. Right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and there's definitely a lot of people down there. It's pretty crazy, Um, but I haven't really seen it myself. I don't like traffic or like crowds or anything. I'm like, I'm I'm not gonna go anywhere near downtown. (laughs) I hear you. I totally get it. Very fair. That was much more tame than I thought I was gonna be. So thank you. It was, it was, it was was reasonable. Yes. I do have another question. It's got nothing to do with anything. Do you, do you think Elon Musk could turn into a a supervillain? He's he's got all the makings of a supervillain. This one dude contributes so much to like technology and this one guy fucking puts shit into space, makes electric vehicles and burrows holes in the fucking ground. Do you know what I mean? Like he, this one dude and he's rich as fuck. To me, this is all the makings of a potential supervillain. All it takes is like one one person to cross him <laughs> in a way that that really just sets him off. Do you think Elon Musk could be a supervillain? Like, I think it could even go the other way. Maybe he could be like a Batman. Mm. You know, Ooh. like use all his powers for good. Maybe he's out there crushing evil and doing good. I mean living in rural like you saw the internet connection at the start of this and a lot of people have been able to get starlink around here mm. and their internet's been going amazing so i mean he's been great for our community <laughs> i didn't get on the wait list i'm actually pretty mad about that we just moved here last february and we had a choice between going with this other company and them yep. but if you went with starlink you had to pay like 1300 dollars up front mm. and my husband was like oh let's just try the other one if it's really bad then we'll switch to starlink and we tried the other one. It's not the best. I mean, it's not terrible. Like we're not working from home or anything like that. So it's not a huge deal. Yeah. But you know, our internet craps out a lot. It's not good for Zoom. And then we're like, okay, let's start looking into it. It's like literally 
we can't even get on the wait list until like 2023 or something like that. <laughs> Not having internet slow or having a crappy internet connection slows you down so much. So I much. love it. I love it. Yeah. When we go, when we go to our place up north and before we got, because I need it for work just to be able to answer emails in a timely manner and everything else. But when we first got this place up north, like my cell phone signal was zip and, and I enjoyed a weekend of like, I guess I'm not looking at my phone other than to like play a song that's that I've yeah. got lo- downloaded in there. We have no choice but to be disconnected it's, when we're up it's, there. It's really nice. Even this weekend that, yeah. that rolled by, I made a conscious effort. I'm like, I'm at home and I never do this. I'm like, I'm checking my phone in the other room. And, I, and I'm yeah. not even bothering it. I just laid down all weekend and it was really good. My rhythms were telling me just lie down. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I think it's really good for you to unplug. Great for your hormonal system. Like, honestly, my husband and I are really into fishing. And once a week, we'll usually, or sorry, for one week in the summer, we'll usually go to this, like, remote fishing spot. And there's, like, no reception. Sometimes there's, like, a main lodge and you can connect to a Wi-Fi. But it's, like, the best thing. Like, you just feel so relaxed when you leave. And just not having that constant, like, looking at your phone and looking at Instagram. Because I find that sometimes you actually have to force that upon yourself. Like, if it's available to you, you'll you'll keep checking and you'll look at your phone. But when you're forced to not look at it... I think it's so helpful. I never thought I'd be this person, but I do have to force myself not to. So like Mark knows sometimes when he has to work on the weekend and I'm home alone with the kids, I do like what he said he did this weekend. I leave my phone in the other room because if it's next to me and I'm just like sitting, hanging out with the kids, unconsciously, I find myself picking it up just to look at it. I'm like, what am I looking for? Like, what like why am I looking at this right now so I leave it in the other room and you know if somebody needs to get a hold of me I'll hear it ringing and I can go get it I catch myself doing that too like sometimes at night I'm just sitting there scrolling through stuff scrolling 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 and then suddenly I'll turn it to man I'm like this is stupid why am I doing this what am I even looking at and I just (laughs) check the phone aside because like I just spent the last 20 minutes just scrolling for like for what and I'm like this is dumb why am I doing this let me do something dumber let me just watch some TV Yeah, or you do it both at the same time. You're watching something on TV and you're scrolling. (laughs) Guilty, definitely. But now I'm going to start reading. So I'm definitely going to look into those books, Jennifer. I'm really, I'm really interested. And I really hope you do set up some sort of course or webinar or something, even if it is just to bring awareness for women to understand what's really happening in their cycles and be more mindful of what's happening with their hormones and why they might be feeling certain things. And I think it will help people to take a little bit of control back, even if it's like you said, the the little the little bit you might be able to do if you don't have total control over your schedule, being able to, you know, really heavily fill those times of the month where you've got more energy with certain things, being able to fit in a little more self-care during those times where you don't. Um, I loved your suggestion about, you know, pre uh making uh making meals ahead of time freezing meals like not having to cook during certain times like all of these things if we were just a little more mindful we could take back a lot more control and probably be much more efficient and not feel like we're freaking drowning and there's never enough hours in a day yeah that's a big thing like productivity because it's like okay yeah maybe you're pushing yourself super hard every day but like you're burning out like three times a year and then you have no energy after that whereas if you just did a little bit every cycle at a time, you never burn out. It sounds so simple. 
Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's harder than it sounds for sure. <laughs> of course. But I really appreciate you reaching out about this topic, even though you were nervous about presenting in front of Mark. But um, now people know he's actually the best person to present it in front of because he understands that humans are humans are humans and biology doesn't freak him out in any kind of way. I tell him probably things I shouldn't. <laughs> Oh, well, it's good to have an understanding partner, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer. This has been this has been really fun. Yeah, thank you so much as well. Right on. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace. <laughs>